right, good evening, everyone. It's uh, just about five o'clock. We're going to have a word of prayer. And then right after we pray, we're going to look at, I know some of you weren't here last week. That's okay. You can just follow along, though, and listen to their, we're going to go over lesson uh, seven, judgment seat of Christ. We'll go over the quiz on that and the homework. And uh, let's ask the Lord. We need his help. Let's ask him for that at this time. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, thank you for the, the privilege that we have to gather together tonight. Thank you that we have a place to meet and you've provided it. Thank you for health and strength to be able to be here. We pray for those that would like to be here but are not well, that you would raise them up. We think especially of Brother Moises tonight, just, just a few yards from here, not far, that you would help this fluid on his lungs to subside. Thank you that he is doing much better regarding the oxygen. And Lord, that's an answer to prayer. Thank you that Sister Lourdes could be with us for a bit tonight. And we just pray that you would help us in this, this hour as we look at a very important topic uh, from the Bible, the will of God for our life, that we would uh, be, be helped, challenged, and encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen. Page number seven. Page number seven on book number seven. All right. Number seven, the judgment seat of Christ is a day when believers will give and blank to God for their works. Account, very good, from the back. Wow, nice deep voice there, Jacob. That's good. I heard you. That was great. List one verse proving your answer. Yep, Romans 14, 10. Anybody have a different one? Okay. Number two, the judgment seat of Christ is a day of what? I heard it. Rewards. A day of rewards. And what else? Sadly. Disappointments. Yeah. For believers. All right. And what's one verse proving our answer for that one? last book of the Bible. Good. Revelation 22, 12. Number three, our works, our good works will be blank. Revealed. And rewarded. When we are judged. List a verse or a passage of a passage that shows us this answer. Say that one again. Yes, that's one of them. First Corinthians four five. There's another one if you had the different one as well. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 to 15. Very good. So what we're doing right now is we're going over last week's lesson, and we'll be going into the new one here in just a minute. Okay, number four. In your own words, describe the meaning of 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Who wants to tackle that one? Yes, ma'am. Okay. 
Very good. Okay. I can't repeat that exactly. That was well said. So hopefully you heard Miss Gabriella. That was very good. Thank you. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Okay. Top of page eight. Five things for which we will be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. Letter A. Serving. Yep. What's the verse for that one? Okay. Maybe there's more than one. Ah, yes, okay. Mark 9.41, Hebrews 6.10 as well. And then 1 Corinthians 15.58 was actually in that section as well. Letter B. Giving. Is that what you said? Okay. <laughs> Giving to the poor. All right. What verse for that one? Yes, Proverbs 19, 17. There was another one as well. Luke 14, 13, and 14. All right, number three, for blank the gospel. Yes, sir. For sharing the gospel. Good. List a verse pr proving your answer for that one. Yes, John 4, 36, okay. What about something else? Another one. Yes. Right, 1 Corinthians 3, 6 to 8, and then there was one other one. Right, Psalm 126, 5 and 6, very good. Serving, giving, sharing, letter D, for how I handled the blank in my life. Trials in my life. Okay, and what scripture for that one? That is correct. 1 Peter 1 7, and that's the only one that was listed. Then lastly, for how I blank what God entrusted to me. Managed. All right, and what is the path? There's a couple different passages for that one. Luke 16, 10 to 12 is one. And the other one was Matthew 25, 22, and 23. Okay. And then uh, there's the four, four memory verses from last week as well. I hope you were able to work on maybe at least two of those. Okay, let's go ahead and get out book number eight. Book number eight. Should, you should have a copy. If you don't have a copy, just Brother Barry will bring you one. Miss Lourdes needs one. She's got that flyer. Is that last year's flyer? <laughs> That's a great fan, isn't it? Yeah, last year's anniversary flyer. That's a keepsake for a good fan. Who else needs a book? All right, so this is the last book in level two. I said earlier, we won't be meeting next uh, Sunday at 5. So we won't have this meeting next Sunday at 5. Mainly because I don't have level 3 in yet. So pray that those can then will come in within the next two weeks. We've ordered them, but I don't have them in yet. I don't think I'll have them by the end of the week. 
Okay. Let's see. We're opening the book. Let's go ahead and open our Bibles to 2 Peter. We'll be there in just a moment. 2 Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter three. So as we consider this theme of the will of God, we're on page number two in the book. Let's just read a little bit from, of the top paragraph here. God always takes great delight in guiding and prospering us. Psalm 35, 27, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. As we follow him, he leads us. God's will does not need to be a mystery. We kind of alluded to that a little bit this morning. Some other things that I've written down in this, my little booklet here that have been written in here. The will of God will not take us where the will of God won't keep us. The will of God won't take us where the will of God won't keep us. I remember hearing this, I don't know, I may have been a teenager, never undo and doubt what you decided to do by faith. Believe me, you'll make a decision by faith, and you'll follow that according to the scripture, God is leading you, and you'll get to whatever that is, and 10 times out of 10, Satan is going to try to bring doubt. And so never undo and doubt what you've done by faith. Our obedience to his word, that's the key, ensures we remain in his will. And then notice these words, experience his customized plan. Maybe you want to underline those words or circle those words in your, in your um, booklet there. So we have his will, but then we also have his customized plan. We're going to kind of look at both of those in this lesson. So it asks the question, what is the will of God? And there are several things that we find specifically laid out, spelled out, if you will, in, in the word of God that are his will for everyone's life. And we're going to look at those by way of beginning. In fact, there's five of them. Five of them. We would call them the revealed will of God. They're revealed to us in his word. So it's not something that we have to go to the Christian bookstore and find a book that some human author, that's fine that we have human authors, I'm not against that, but the will of God five times right here revealed for your life and mine very clearly laid out. So the first one is in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So as we see here, it is the will of God that everyone be saved. That is God's will. And be, and be conscious of others. So that's the will of God. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, it is the will of God for you. 
He does not will that this side of the auditorium go to heaven and this side of the auditorium not go to heaven. Sorry, this side. I'm on your side too, but we picked the wrong one. That's not God. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So that is the will of God. Number one, it's revealed in his word. Number two, it's listed for us there. These all start with S that will help us to remember them. So it is the will of God that we be sanctified and set apart for service. So he doesn't just want you or me to get saved and then that's it. Okay, now we're saved. That's the will of God. We just live however we want. No, that's not the will of God. The will of God is once you get saved, to be sanctified, to be set apart. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, for this is the will of God, even your, what? Sanctification. What does this mean? This means that after I get saved, there should be a process of growing closer to becoming more like Christ. That is sanctification. I'm becoming less attached to the world that I once lived in. I'm still in it, but I'm becoming less attached to the things of the world that are alluring, that are tempting. And because I'm becoming closer to the Lord, it's not that I'm becoming, you know, holier than thou toward other people, but I'm recognizing, oh, that, that, that's not right for me anymore because I'm, I'm a child of God now. You know, maybe, maybe, there's, maybe there were movies that we would watch before we got saved and there was all kinds of things on those movies and then we get saved and the things that are on those movies, they're not honoring to the Lord and so something inside of us says, you know, uh, you probably ought to not watch that anymore. So turning that off, throwing it away, if it's a DVD, that's part of sanctification. Okay, growing closer to the Lord, growing away. So this is the will of God for every Christian. That we become closer and more like Christ. That is the will of God. Number three. Let's go to Romans 12. I started to kind of get on this one, actually, uh, in that one. They kind of go together a little bit. So number one, God's will is that you and I, the whole world, everyone, get saved. That's God's will. Now, will everyone get saved? Yes or no? No, everyone will not get saved. In fact, the Bible tells us that broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many there be that are on it. Narrow is the road that leads to life eternal, and few there be on that. But it is still the will of God that everyone be saved. It is the will of God that after we get saved, we are sanctified. And by the way, just to, before we get to number three, salvation is a moment, sanctification is a lifetime. The, minute, the, the very moment you said, Jesus, I need you to save me, I know I'm a wicked sinner. I'm, I deserve to go to hell. I believe you're the son of God and you died and you, you were buried and you rose again. I'm turning to you. I'm accepting you. At that very moment, you're saved. But we don't make one decision to be sanctified and that's it. Sanctification is a lifetime. A lifetime. 
And that's why that's why we need to be in the, that's why we need to be in the Bible. Because every time we open this book, we open the mind of God. Every time we get in the word of God, there are things in this book that will convict you. That will convict me. That will that will say to you and will say to me, hey, you know what? You need to stop. You need to start. Whatever. It doesn't mean stop everything, by the way. Becoming sanctified doesn't mean just saying no to the world. It means saying yes to Jesus. Kind of like choose you this day. Have you ever heard that verse? Choose you this day. This day. So you know what? Tomorrow, if I get up and read that verse, I got to choose you this day. And so sanctification isn't just saying no to everything that is ungodly. It is also saying yes to things that are godly. Okay. We're on page number two of this book. Everyone can have their own copy. Thank you, Brother Barry. Romans 12. Could someone, maybe, maybe one of our men, I don't know nothing against you ladies at all, but maybe one of the men could stand, even someone toward the back, because I think it'll help us all hear it better. And read Romans 12, 1. All right, thank you. It's more just because in the back, I think everybody can hear it better than just if we read it from the front. One other, one other, verse 2, verse 2. Brother Kevin, you got that? Nice and loud. <clears throat> all right, will of God, will of God. So number three, the will of God is that we all live a holy and separated life unto God. Now, again, we kind of, kind of merged those two, really number two and number three. I was kind of talking about both of them at the same time. But the important thing is that I'm not just separated from something, but I'm separated unto someone. I'm not just separated from the world, the flesh, and the devil, but I'm separated unto the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the will of God. I think I know where I was going with that, and I got a little bit off track, but that's why it's important that we read God's word every day. This will help us in the separating process. It'll help us in the sanctifying process. It's why we, we come to church. It's one of the reasons we come to church is because we hear the word of God preached, but also we're around other uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And here's the good news. We're all in this sanctification, if, we're, if you're saved tonight. We're all in this in different ways, different levels. It's not someone's better than someone else. But we all encourage and should edify one another and that's what the local church, part of what the local church does. And so, holy and separated life unto God. Not perfect, but striving to be what God wants me to be. That's the third thing. All right, top of page four. Let's go to 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2. First Peter two, verse thirteen. Somebody want to read that one? 
nice and loud. Got it, Brother Barry? There you go. Thank you. And then verse 15, for so is the will of God. For so is the will of God. Number four, we should submit ourselves to biblical authority. Now, this is not just speaking of church, pastor, whatever authority. We have a lot more authority in our life than just our, the under-shepherd of the church. We have, we have laws of this land. Uh, yes, we might have complaints about this and that and this and that, but the laws of this land are to be submitted to unless they are telling us to violate a biblical principle. So we need to submit ourselves. That's the will of God. So you could... You know, I mean, obviously, the, the one that I always think of, because it's the one I struggle with, uh, you know, the pedal on the right is gas. The pedal in the middle is the brake. Do we all know that? I like the one on the right the best because it gets me where I need to go quickly. But you know what? There's a biblical authority that says speed limit, 50 kilometers. Speed limit. 30 kilometers, speed limit, 200 kilometers. You ever seen that one? I haven't either. The Autobahn, let's go over there and take a ride. <laughs> I don't even know if there is no speed limit, right? But, you know, that's just one, right? There's so many other things, and I, I don't, I'm not going to belabor the point, but the word submit is, is very difficult for us to swallow sometimes. So it, it does include... It does include the people that, are, that God puts over us. I think the number one um, living thing, I guess thing, that's not really the right word I'm looking for, but it's God's word. So I need to submit myself to God's word. When I, when I and it's the will of God, when I come to a passage of scripture, whether I like it or not, I want to submit myself to what God is teaching me, what God is telling me. And, um, and follow it wholeheartedly so that we should submit to our biblical authority, okay? If you still live at home, you have a dad and or a mom or both in the home and you're, and you're listening to me right now, that's your biblical authority. So it is the will of God for you to obey your parents. It is also Ephesians 6, it is also the will of God for you to honor your parents. That's the will of God. We know that's the will of God because it's in the word of God. So think about the authorities that you have in your life today. Um, and I, I guess when we think of the word authorities, we might think of, you know, like the police or whatever, but it's not just speaking about that. It's speaking about people whom God has put in our life. And even... You know, this isn't a, a lesson on marriage, but 
even in the home, God has, God has put the husband as the head of the home. And that doesn't mean that he is better than his wife. It doesn't mean that anything like that. It's just God has a system of order in place. And so that's something to also, when we think about uh, submitting to our biblical authority, how are we doing at that? But that's the will of God. It is the will of God. Okay, we must move on. Number five. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Someone want to read that verse? It's in the book or you can turn to it. Very good. So, for this is the will of God. What is it the will of God? That we give thanks. That we are satisfied. That we are grateful. For everything that God has given us. In everything give thanks. We know we are in the will of God when we follow biblical principles. God's will as directed in God's word is the same. Notice that word same. I think that's really important. We can't say, well, that's, that's for you and, and, and something else is for me. That's not the five things that we're looking at here that are the will of God. Those are for all of us. It's God's will that we all get saved. It's God's will that we all live a sanctified life, becoming more like Christ. It's God's will that we separate from the world and the worldly influence, and we separate unto Christ. It's God's will that we submit to biblical authority. And it's God's will that we are satisfied, that we give thanks. That's for all of us here tonight. All five of those things. And so I would ask you, not necessarily at this very moment to answer the question, but I guess, you know, how well are we, how well are we submitting, obeying, whatever the word I would give there, following God's will? So these five things are specific to all of us, the will of God. Okay, let's look at the next question. So that's the will of God. Let's look at the next question. What is God's plan for every person? What is God's plan for every person? So the plan of God deals more specifically with each individual's gifts Profession, location, relationships, etc. Okay? So the will of God, five things. They're for all of us here. Okay? The plan of God can be a little bit different for each one. Alright? So number one, God has a customized plan for each of our lives. Let's go to Jeremiah 1, or you have it in the notes, but let's turn in God's word. That would be best. Isaiah, Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1. So God has a customized plan for each of our lives. He formed us 
He set us apart, and he has appointed and has appointed us for a specific purpose. Okay? Notice what the Bible says in Jeremiah 1:5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So, was that the plan for everybody in the Bible? Yes or no? No, it's not. But that was the plan for Jeremiah. So this is the difference between the will of God and the plan of God. Okay, God doesn't call everybody, after they get saved, God doesn't call everybody to be a preacher. Right? As a pastor, I should say. We're all preachers. We should be preaching the gospel. But he doesn't call everybody to be a pastor. But that's the plan for some. Not for all, but it is for some. So that's the difference between these two thoughts of the will of God and the plan of God. So a customized plan for each of our lives. All right, let's, let's look at, and again, this is an overview of these lessons. If you're, this is your first time to come uh, to these, we don't spend a lot of time on each one or we would run out of time. So number two, top of page four, let's go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Psalm 139, verse 13. God's plan for each, of our, for each of us involves all of the major events of our lives. And I, I, I don't think it's, it's wrong to say minor ones too, but uh, all the events of our lives. It's part of God's plan. Look what he says in Psalm 139, verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Notice, marvelous are thy works. We've said it, we've said it before, time and time again. God is always working. God is always working. And, you know, many times we don't find out that he's working until, let's say, after <laughs> Whatever after means. We start to hear certain things, and then we start to realize, oh, wow. God was working. We didn't really see it, feel it, know it. We kind of sensed it, but we, we weren't really, you know. But then when you get through whatever it is, and you kind of hear a little bit of all the stuff, and how there's no way that could have been brought together, that's the plan of God. It's beyond us. It's above us. And we're involved in that. But notice what he says here. He says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm so thankful that the Bible makes it clear how we arrived. <laughs> fearfully and wonderfully made. By who? By God. And so if God made you, and I believe God made every one of you. Some of you I've never met. You're new right now. Praise the Lord. Thanks for coming. But I want you to know God made you. 
And I believe, according to the Bible, God loves you. And, but he made you for a specific plan. And he made me for a specific plan. And, and the, the, the best place to get to in life is to yield to God's plan. Because it's not always, on the surface, what we want. But as time moves on, we will recognize that God's plan is, is good. Now, when I start to get involved in God's plan, it's not God's fault. When I say get involved in making my own decisions and making my own ways, see, that, that's when it starts to kind of go the wrong direction. But if we yield, see, this is why it's important that we yield to the will of God in those five areas if we're struggling with one of those five areas, that contributes to the plan of God. See, if I'm living like the world still, if I'm not living sanctified, then it's going to mess up. And this may be hard to kind of swallow. It's kind of hard to even say and swallow myself, but this is where the sovereignty of God is really so big. But my, my, my ways and my living can impact the plan of God. Okay, we're going to talk about that here just a little bit more in a minute. Number three, the way we know the plan of God, I just said this actually, is to obey the will of God. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So delight in the will of God, and then the plan of God is also delightable, if you will. My desires become his desire. My desires are the same desires that God has, the same plan that God has for me. Jeremiah 29. Let's turn over there quickly. Jeremiah 29. I think Brother Kevin might be talking to those young men. Let's pray that he gets a chance to share the gospel with them. They didn't stick around long, but that's okay. They heard enough in just uh, two minutes to hopefully help them a little bit. One of them looks familiar. I'm not sure why, but... Hmm? Okay, yeah. Hey, that's right, that's right. So let's, uh, let's just pray right now. Heavenly Father, Lord, we don't believe this happened by mistake or chance. Obviously, you're working in their lives. That's what we're talking about tonight. It's your will that those young men get saved. Lord, I pray that this would be part of that process in Jesus' name. Amen. So the way we can know the plan of God is to obey the will of God. Jeremiah 29, look at verse number 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. To give you an expected end, my plan for you. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. <clears throat> I like what it says here. God knows our tomorrow. Be what God wants us to be today, and he will show you what to do. Yield to those five, those five 
uh, revealed things, those five revealed will of the will of God. Yield to those. God knows our tomorrow. He's already in tomorrow. So here's the question that I've, I've thought many times in my life. Why does God not reveal his entire plan at once? Why do I have to wait? I think these answers are very true to, true to form, actually. Psalm 37, 23, this is a great verse to memorize. This is a great verse to underline and just really think about it and meditate on it. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. See, when we're letting God order our steps, there's a delight that comes. Even though the way isn't pain-free, even though the way isn't a piece of cake, we were talking before church, Miss Sandra and I were about just before this five o'clock hour about, you know, becoming a Christian doesn't mean that, you know, everything's just going to smooth right out. It's just going to be smooth sailing. You know what? In fact, honestly, I think it gets rougher. I think the seas get a little more tumultuous. I think the boat rocks even more because Satan's not going to want to Satan, Satan doesn't want to rock your boat too much when you're not saved because you're already on your way to hell anyway. As soon as you get saved, Satan's like, okay, let's go. Let's ruin that testimony. Let's ruin that life. Let's do everything we can to keep that person from doing anything for Christ. So why does God not reveal his entire plan? No, number one, top of page five, spiritually, we may not be ready. I can tell you this for sure, at this stage in my Christian life, if I would have known what I know now when I was 23, 24, I don't know where I would have been. <laughs> I think I would have gone bonkers. I couldn't have handled it. Not a chance. So I'm glad God didn't reveal his whole plan for me at 25, this is going to be the next 25 years of your life. I'm going to show you right now. Sit down and I have a video ready for you. No, I'm glad he didn't do that. I'm not ready. Nobody's ready for that. Because we're all growing in grace. We could, you can't make up for 25 years of Bible reading. I'm just using that as a number, okay? Think of it. 25 years of Bible reading and the, and the wisdom that you're gaining from the Word of God. You can't make up for 25 years of, of being in church and 25 years of, uh, of being around fellow believers. 25 years of going through challenging times. And God proving Himself faithful every single time. You can't, we can't just buy that and, and, and eat it in a vitamin form, you know? It doesn't work. So that's one reason. Number two kind of what we just said here, his plan for us may seem overwhelming. So not only are we not spiritually ready, we're, we're, we're still a babe in Christ, but also um, mentally we're not ready. Number three, number, uh, number three, God wants us to trust him for direction day by day. So he doesn't want to, he doesn't tell us this is the 10 year plan I have for your life. It's fine to plan, it's fine to do that, but every day, trusting the Lord for that day. This is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice 
and be glad in it. And we can trust him every day. Every day holds something new for all of us. So it's not a, let me show you the whole, the whole plan. No, when you get up in the morning, it's trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Number four, <clears throat> another reason why God doesn't reveal his entire plan all at once is we must wait on the Lord for his perfect timing. That's, that's hard to do. That's hard to do sometimes. But that's why we don't have the whole plan laid out. But we, you know what we do have? We have five things that are the will of God. And so I want to I make sure that I have all five of those things that I'm doing, and then uh, I'm, I'm just going to wait on the Lord and let the, the other plan of God continue to come into place every day. What are the challenges and benefits of being in the will of God? Number one, God's plan can be difficult at times. Let's turn to 1 Peter 2. First Peter 2. If someone wants to read that one, that would be great. Mm, thank you. So God does allow suffering to mature us, to perfect us is what was used there, but it's maturing when we go through these times. I, I think I can just leave that at that. Letter B, difficult times teach us valuable lessons. Let's go to James 1. James 1. James 1, 2 to 4. Somebody want to help me with that one? Thank you. So you see there what God is doing in those difficult times. Patience, perfecting us. He's teaching us contentment. That he may be entire wanting nothing. It's amazing how we, we get a, we'll get a better perspective on how much we really already have when we go through something. Boy, I'm really thankful that I have whatever. I mean, just, just the fact that if your eyes are working tonight and your ears are working, at least somewhat ears and eyes are working, you know, and you had the strength to walk in here tonight, maybe there's a, still a little bit of pain here and there with steps we take and all that, but, you know, um, praise the Lord, the lessons that God teaches us, even in those difficult times. So those are some of the challenges and benefits of being in the will of God. But that's a challenge. But how about the benefit? Let's look at the top of page six and we'll end here. We'll go outside for a minute where it's a little cooler. 
Obedience to God's will is always rewarding. Obedience brings blessings. Always. I mean, look at the children of Israel. It was laid out for them every time. If you do this, if you do this, if you do this, I'm going to bless you. If you do this, you're not going to be blessed. And it's still the same. 1 Timothy 4.8, but godliness is profitable. Godliness is profitable unto all things. What a great statement. It's God's word. Having promise of, of, of a life that now is. <laughs> so we have a promise in this life now. To, to, that to live godly, it is a blessing. The blessed life is the obedient life. In this life, right now, we're not just waiting till we get to heaven to be blessed. I'm glad that God blesses us right now. And I don't know that there's anyone in this room, for the most part, that, that would not be able to say, yes, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And God, God has so many more <clears throat> blessings, and it doesn't mean that they're material things, but he has so many more blessings right now, as it says there, uh, promise of the life that now is. I love how the Bible emphasizes this once again here that it's, it's, it, the blessings of God are not just heaven. There's so many blessings of God right now. But also, as he says, Paul writes to Timothy, and of that which is to come. Let's turn to 1 Peter 1.7, our last, our last verse to turn to. 1 Peter 1.7. Obedience to God's will is rewarding. First Peter 1 Peter 1.7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Doing God's will produces rewards, both now and in eternity. Understanding the will of God and the plan of God removes undue pressure from the believer. I think the thing, I hope that you will take home with you at least one, maybe many things, but one for sure is to focus on obeying the revealed will of God. The plan of God, it's the plan of God. It's not the plan of Ben. But as I obey the will of God, the revealed will of God, then the plan of God is going much more according to plan, so no pun intended, than if I am disobeying the revealed will. As I focus on obeying God's revealed will in his word, he is free to develop his plan for our individual lives. This is, and again, underline this last statement. Therefore, we should concentrate on being and let God order our doing. Concentrate on being. Being what? In the will of God. And God will order 
the plan. The five things, the beginning of the book. God's will, God's plan, no greater place, no greater place to be than obeying those five revealed things and then letting God's plan take place in our life. Again, it's not always how we would have drawn it up. In fact, I don't know anybody that would have drawn it up the way it's happening. But there's great peace. There's great peace in seeing the plan of God unfold. As we yield to the will of God, the plan of God unfolds. And he's always good. And God always blesses.